Jennifer Zamparelli on 2FM. Sponsored by Virgin Mobile. We'll tell you when your phone is paid off. Virgin Mobile. Bring on amazing. Warning. The following item is not recommended for little ears. Because it's time for a dose of sex therapy with Rachel Cook. As always, a little ears warning. But, but, this week we are very much in the relationship zone and not in Valentine's mode at all. We are talking in-laws and siblings and long-term friendships and how to handle it all because, Jesus, I need the help. I mean, lots of listeners have been in touch. <clears throat> now, our resident sex and relationship therapist, Rachel Cook, is here to help. Hello, Mrs. How are you? I'm very, very good. And I love talking about all these kinds of relationships yeah. and when it goes when it goes well and when it goes wrong and what to do about it. We don't talk about it enough. And I said to the guys, I mean, let's take the focus off romantic relationships because we have many relationships in our lives and we might need guidance uh, through all of them but how yeah. much do family relationships tend to influence us in our in our adult life a, a lot really a lot yeah. you know i think often uh, your early life will impact your attachment style in your romantic relationships and all of your other relationships um it can influence where you want to live the kinds of jobs or careers that you feel are acceptable how you feel about class class and money, how you spend your free time. You know, often I find that we're trying to do things very differently to how our own family did when we were grown up. So sometimes we're kind of acting, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to go against the grain because we feel that that didn't, you know, didn't work well, didn't go very well. We don't want to parent the way that maybe our parents did. Um, and often, you know, we also are kind of stuck in this place where there's aspects of our family life that are really fulfilling, rewarding, and we feel, you know, a lot of belonging and safety there. And then aspects that feel kind of dysfunctional and not very satisfying. Um, so usually it's a pretty mixed bag. Yes. OK, so n- n- I think we're safe to say that nobody really has a, a normal, so to speak, in inverted commas, a normal family, <laughs> right? Yeah, no such thing as normal. And also, you know, yeah, basically I've never come across, you know, people will often say to me, like, I wish I just had a normal family. I wish I just had a family where there wasn't so much chaos or drama or complicated stuff. And it's like, well, every family has its own version of that. You know, sometimes it might appear on the surface that some families don't have it at all because they kind of repress it. You know, they either dissociate from it they repress it they just don't talk about it they sweep everything under the rug and for some it's much more kind of overt and dramatic but you're always going to have your sort of bits and pieces that people don't want to talk about find very uncomfortable certain members of the family who get kind of special treatment and that sort of stuff so no such thing yeah. as normal. you mentioned dysfunctional I think we all can relate to that in some kind of shape or form but how much how much do you owe your own family or your in-laws to to like include them in your life if they're either toxic or just very different from you? Mm, So I would say that this is how much you feel like you owe them is partly down to the individual, but I think it's a lot to do with culture. You know, in some cultures, they're very kind of collectivist and community focused rather than being more about the sort of nuclear family of just kind of, you know, the parents and the children and maybe a few siblings and that. But, you know, I think it really does come down to the individual. We've kind of sold this idea that you owe your family everything, but also that's part of, I think, you know, a much more capitalist culture, which says that it's kind of every person for themselves and we're much more individualist now. So there has to be a balance because realistically, we all need support. We all need interdependence. We can't do it all by ourselves, but also it can mean that we can get stuck in kind of family situations or maybe it's with a particular sibling or an in-law where we feel like we owe them because, you know, family 
is, is supposedly so important. And that can be really toxic. It can be really damaging um, because sometimes, you know, people are people are shite. Yeah, people are ourselves. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. How do you get through a Christmas dinner or a family occasion with family members who have very different values, opinions, political views than you? How do you get through that without an argument? Uh, well, sometimes I think it's not possible to not have an argument. But if you've decided for yourself that you really just don't, you know, it's not worth it. You're unlikely to be changing people's minds, particularly when there's booze involved, mm. um, you know, and even when there isn't that often. Sometimes there are people who are very open to kind of hearing different perspectives and opinions. But if you already know that that's probably not the case or that this just isn't the occasion to do it, just finding ways to take space, you know, being able to prep yourself before. Maybe you can take up smoking so you can go out and yeah. have a smoke, you know, but basically just kind of taking space, you know, having kind of wrote phrases and sentences that you can say to say, I'm not really comfortable talking about that or I don't really like where this conversation is going. So I think we should just change the subject Um, you know, that you can be quite boundaried and firm and still sort of light, I would say, you know, um, so yeah. that it doesn't sort of necessarily quickly devolve into a, an out and out argument. Um, but yes, can say focus on conserving your energy, which doesn't mean always acquiescing and just sort of people pleasing and kind of playing along. It can mean, you know, practicing saying this, these things where you just go, yeah, I don't really want to talk about that. Or actually, can we change the subject? So noticing yeah. triggers if the conversation is going down the political route and you know it's going to end up in an argument, maybe try and steer that, be good at steering that a, a different way and how have tools to do that exactly yeah. you know whether that's Logan. saying that you don't really want to talk about it or you literally just deflect and say, change the topic and just kind of go ah well it's time for it's time for pudding it's time for dessert right let's move on or whatever it is yeah. that you just or get up and just kind of say i'm off you know i'll be back in a few minutes okay, um, okay. And, and and leave it and take a break okay <sighs> How bad do you think things have to be for you to decide to cut a relative out? We talked about this on the show and it was actually quite sad, but probably yeah. better for both parties. But how bad does it have to be? I mean, what questions do you have to ask yourself before you make a drastic decision like that? Um, I suppose thinking about what the longer term situation is you know if this is someone who you can reasonably conveniently kind of say either it's a member of your own family or maybe it's your partner's family that you can just have a chat about it um and say like look this really isn't working for me it feels too painful i've done my best with it but i just don't think um that we you know that i want to keep you know spending time with this person it might mean that you can minimize the time spent and the kind of level of engagement rather than cutting them out completely mm -hmm. um, Maybe it is worth, you know, it's often uncomfortable to go and have direct conversations with the person. Um, but often I find that although that can be, feel really awkward, um, you know, sometimes you'll find that you've misinterpreted what's been going on or, or that they had no idea that you were so upset by something that they were doing. So it can be well worth having a couple of conversations with the person as much as you might not want to, to just kind of say, look, you know, do your best to kind of rather than blame them own what it is that's going on for you as to why it makes you so uncomfortable or upset um you know ideally that you have a direct request for, for for them for how they can do things differently and if you've done that a couple of times and it's you're not getting anywhere you know that might be a good time to kind of say well look how do i either minimize the contact with them or cut it out completely i mean have you ever had experience with that jen yourself <sighs> 
know, I tend to put up with the misery. I tend to sit there and take it because they're family. You know what I mean? And law of averages. I mean, the six of us in my family. Yeah. So we're not all going to get on and we have very different views and ways of living and, and all that kind of stuff. But I have taken your advice in the fact that uh, certain triggers um, might lead a conversation down a path I, I don't want yeah. it to go down and trying to stop that from happening. You know what I mean? But I wonder, do you ever, I mean, we talk about romantic relationships yeah. and, and going for therapy is amazing. Would you ever have siblings coming to you for a therapy session ever? Yeah, you Would know, you? that's really interesting. It's becoming more and more common now, which I think is great because it's not that there's necessarily I don't think it's that there's more problems it's just that it's become more less stigmatized and and kind of more acceptable for people in any kind of configuration to come for therapy and so sometimes it might be the whole family sometimes it might just be a couple of siblings Uh, a really common one is twins twins particularly twin sisters um where they've often grown up very very kind of um you know just incredibly close Mm. and in many ways sort of enmeshed you know that they particularly as twins you know there's kind of like a level of being you know of the other and kind of like engaged with each other and growing up and experiencing all these things in you know a really kind of potentially very different way but still as having that level of closeness from birth, you know, before birth, um, that can mean that, you know, it can be very difficult to work out. Has this become sort of dysfunctional in how enmeshed we are with each other, how interlinked we are and how do we kind of differentiate ourselves but still stay, stay close? Because, you know, we can kind of have these cultural notions of how relationships are supposed to look but realistically if it works for two people and they're not you know harming themselves or other people then that's absolutely fine okay okay let's talk about lifelong friends for a second what yeah what about a lifelong friend that you feel is bring you down and not making you feel good or that you just feel like you have nothing in common with anymore what what is your best advice there Oh, this one can be so painful because I think most of us have historical friends, you know, that it's like people who we maybe went to school with or we had from, you know, where where we grew up, around where we grew up. It might be from college, uh, maybe one of our first jobs. Sometimes you've you've known people a really, really long time. That might have been amazingly rewarding, fulfilling, fun relationship for a long time. And as time goes on, it could mean that you simply grow apart. You've grown into quite different people, um, you know, either as people or it might just be that your life situations are so different that you just don't feel that you've a huge amount that you can enjoy or discuss. Uh, Not because you always need to have things in common, but sometimes it just means you're apart to such, you know, you're different to such a degree that it's just you're just Mm -hmm. not really gelling. Um, or sometimes you find that the person is maybe really like jealous or envious of you and that's coming out in kind of spiked comments um, or maybe it's that you really disapprove of how they're kind of living their life and you kind of judge them potentially. Uh, there's so many ways that things could become, you know, difficult, challenging, dysfunctional toxic even um and so kind of again same thing applies as kind of working out whether to cut someone out is like what are the longer term implications of this um you know you don't you know technically owe anyone but you might find that it's much better to have a few conversations directly with the person to find out if they're feeling something similar if they're willing to kind of collaborate on this and see if you can make it better or you might just find the kind of letting it fade into the background or even just saying look you know I've really enjoyed our our relationship or our friendship so far, but I don't want to continue it. And 
I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. A, a few texts coming in for you, Rachel. My yeah. in-laws are dreadful to me. My partner drank a lot and took drugs when drinking. He was abusive and wasn't around for the kids. We sorted things out and he's now attending AA and he's been clean for a year. Well done. Right. But I haven't spoken to his parents or siblings for a year because they treated me so badly when I asked for help with him. I'll never make an effort with them again. They don't bother with their grandchildren at all. Any advice? Oh, I mean, that one, I don't know whether this person is, is wondering whether they should kind of be in touch with them or if they're yeah. hoping that they're, that, you know, because it sounds like they've already decided they don't want to make um, an effort with these people. It's really tough because obviously this, you know, this person's partner is their kind of son, brother, um, uh, you know, and yeah. so it, it, they obviously maybe to some degree have sided with him or didn't know how to deal with the situation, which doesn't excuse what has happened. But I'm guessing that there's a lot of different kind of, you know, um, perspectives on on what went on during that period. Um, and yeah. so, you know, you might find that you want to be able to you would like the opportunity to open up that conversation and maybe talking to your partner about how you might do that in as safe and comfortable a way as possible might be helpful. Or you mm. might simply go, look, you know, that's you know, I can't, I can't see it as water under the bridge and I'm not willing to try and do that. So you just accept that you're not going to have a relationship with his family and, and that's that. It's a, if they're looking for advice, it sounds like they're not completely sure exactly. about their decision. Yeah. So maybe speaking to the partner uh, first uh, and that might open a conversation and you can delve into that a bit more uh, would be yeah, a ideally good thing that you to can do. Say, yeah. look, yeah, that it was really shy for me during that period. Now, obviously it was also terrible for the partner i would imagine when they were going through that but now they've they're you know going through some get seeking counseling and, and getting some support on that um but that you know there's often ramifications of someone's addiction or mm-hmm. you know infidelity or whatever it is that it can cause massive kind of ructions and and kind of um uh, effects throughout the whole kind of family system and friendship you know friendship groups all sorts of stuff and so that kind of needs to be looked at because this is you know partly about the 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 partner's family but yeah. it's also about about him and what happened so there's probably more work that needs to be done totally. maybe some couples counseling around that as well and like what you said you all have different perspectives on what actually happened when those events were going on we'll move yeah. on i have another text here saying jen i desperately uh, try not to engage with my father-in-law at family events, but his role in life is to try and get a rise out of me. He is conservative. I'm liberal. He believes a woman's place is in the home. I don't. Is the answer to avoid them or what should I do? My wife understands, but thinks I should just ignore the whole thing. Uh, but it's just so hard, this texter says. What would you say to that? Yeah, it's really difficult, especially, I would say, kind of like maybe doing things like minimizing the amount of time that you spend in their home, because obviously it can feel really difficult when you're in someone else's home and then you don't want to be sort of rude. You don't want to be a, a bad kind of guest, but you also feel trapped in the situation where certain views are maybe being kind of um, talked about or sort of spouted or, um, you know, especially if, if this yeah. person feels that he's trying to get a rise out of them you know that's quite specific now that that may be a perception this person has or it may be happening either way it's still really uncomfortable to experience that and so you know it can be kind of like deciding there might be some times where you have the energy to go no I, I'm gonna you know choose my battle uh choose my battles wisely and this is one of them where I, I am going to stand up to what he's saying and kind of put my you know my argument or opinion in there and other times where you say yeah it's not that I'm 
agreeing with him. It's not that I'm kind of just like people pleasing and going, yeah, yeah, I, you know, everything's fine. And I, 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 I agree with that, but that you might be able to just kind of go, right, moving on. Or, yeah, no, still don't want to talk about that. That you can still kind of keep it light and just go, nah, this one's not for me. Interesting what you said about not being in their family home because you don't want to be a bad guest and they're in their territory. And if they're quite overpairing, maybe yeah. avoid situations you're, when you're in the house, maybe get them to come over to your house and maybe try that way as well. Um, exactly, or, or meet on neutral ground. Yeah. You know, That's another one is just kind of saying, let's meet out for a meal. Um, and or an activity or something, especially if there's kids involved that maybe you could do an activity. So that's kind of more engaged in that way and you're a bit distracted. So there isn't so much of the kind of sitting together and having like your direct opinions uh, being heard by everyone at the table. That might help as well. Do a les family. Bring a board game everywhere you go. Less room exactly. for chats and then you're still engaging with each other. Uh, Rachel Cook, <laughs> uh, thanks so much. A uh, lot of great stuff in there. There's still more text coming in. We might need to come back to this next week. Uh, if you have a problem in your relationship or you want some advice from Rachel, you can get in touch with the show, jen at orty.ie and you can follow Rachel on Instagram at Rachel Jane Cook with the knee on the end. Rachel, I'll chat to you next week. See you then. Bye, jen. love. Jennifer Zamparelli on 2FM.